Good morning, friends. Welcome to, uh, to New Life online. Welcome to New Life live in person. Those of you who are watching online, you're going to notice that uh, I'm in a different location. We are back in the auditorium today, and we are making um, steps, baby steps, towards um, just moving back into in-person gatherings on September the 13th. So today is our first Sunday back in the auditorium. There have been a lot of changes that have been put into place, particularly with the technology. So if there are some glitches along the way, I'm going to apologize now and just say, hey, be patient with us, bear with us as we get this figured out. And we do have a few people that are here this morning so that uh, we have some people to talk to. So those of you who were able to come, thank you so much. They're actually real live human beings here in person that I can look at and, and they're smiling, I think. I can't see totally because of their masks, but, um, but it is exciting. It's exciting to be back having people uh, here in person. It's exciting to be able to have you joining us online still and just moving together into our new normal. So I would like to make one announcement about our Sundays that are coming up from September the 13th or September the 15th if you are planning to attend our Tuesday night service rather than Sunday morning, is we are asking you to register online. And we need you to be diligent in registering. So if you go to our website, newlifecollingwood.com, and on the very top of the homepage, there's a button on the top menu bar that says register. You can click on that, go to the appropriate Sunday, and register you and all of those who will be attending with you, either adults or children. You can register both, and there's a different way of registering um, children compared to adults. And that is our way of ensuring that we are not overflowing our capacity. It's also a way to make sure that we uh, put reasonable measures in place for the contact tracing. So um, that is going to be a big help for us. And also, if you find that you can't come, then we want to ask you to unregister yourself so that we can make space for other people that might be able to come in your place. So if you go to the website, newlifecollingwood.com, click on the register button, that will let you do that from week to week. If you're doing that for Sunday, great. We also need you to do that for Tuesday night as well. So this morning we are going to have uh, some more music. We are going to have uh, some prayer and some teaching and also uh, another interview that I think will be encouraging for many of you. And I am going to um, just invite you now to prepare yourself to receive uh, from our team that uh, put together some music for you to enjoy at this time. And then immediately after that, we will have uh, one of our people reading scripture that will be appropriate to the message this morning. So let's have the team uh, lead us in song. Hi everyone, I'm Karen Henderson. I've been coming to New Life now for about 30 years. Uh, today I'm going to be reading from Romans 1. This is the NIV and I'm going to be reading verses 8 to 15. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit, in preaching the gospel of his son is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. 
and I pray that now at last by God's will, the way may be opened for me so I can come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the Gentiles. I am obligated both to the Greeks and the non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. This is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you, who are in Rome. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that uh, we're able to be here with you today, even in this fashion. It's good to be near you. Father, we just uh, miss each other so much. Uh, we wanna be near each other and we know it's not possible, not right now. But we look forward to that day, Father, that we can be together and uh, know that uh, when we see each other for the first time in many days, we will have happy hearts. And we just thank you, God, that you'll bring that day about, if not now, um, sometime in the not too distant future. And we just pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Karen, for, for reading that for us. And uh, before I uh, come into speaking, um, because we want to, we have this strong value on uh, innovation and excellence, uh, we want to invite your feedback as we move back into the auditorium here, and we try to balance uh, an online broadcast with people in, in person. So the feedback that you give us would be great. And uh, the way that I'm going to ask you to do that is not in the chat or not telling me on a Sunday morning, but if you would send an email to connect at newlifecollingwood.com uh, or paul at newlifecollingwood.com, that would be a great way for us to just get some of your feedback. And we will um, take things into consideration and see how we can continue to improve how we do this. So I want to ask you a question uh, this morning, and that is, uh, have you ever had something in your life that you wanted so bad, but it wasn't happening? Like maybe it was uh, a career that you're going after or something that you wanted to aspire to, or it might be something that you've been wanting to get rid of and, and you want to not have it as a part of your life and you so desperately want to get rid of that, but it's not happening. And you're left with trying to figure out, what do I do? And this is kind of in line with the series that we've been going through when what was or should have been isn't, shift. And there are times in our lives, whether you are young and starting out or you are moving closer to retirement or anywhere in between, there are things that we aspire to and we so desperately want to see it happen and it doesn't happen. Or we so much want to have whatever it is stop being a part of our life and it's not going away. And the good news is you are not alone if that's how you are feeling. 
One, because most of the people in the room are probably going through something similar or have gone through something similar. Or we also have the scriptures that bring us back again and again to this idea that God is not unaware of what you're experiencing or what's happening for you. And this is where I want to introduce the Apostle Paul this morning. Many of us are familiar with Paul and a leader in the early church, but he was also somebody who was, uh, who was human like you and I were and had challenges that he was facing. And we often think for people who have grown up in the church and they're familiar with the Apostle Paul, when we talk about wanting to get rid of something so bad and it won't go away, many people will go to 2 Corinthians 12, where Paul says to God, listen, this thorn in the flesh that I have, I desperately want to get rid of it, and it's not going away. Please get rid of this for me. And a lot of people are familiar with that passage. And God says to Paul, hey, listen, you need to trust me, because in that weakness that that thorn in the flesh is creating for you, my strength uh, will show and will come through. But maybe what we're not as familiar about thinking is how Paul had ambitions and Paul had desires and Paul had things that he was trying to to aim for and they also weren't happening. So the passage that Karen read for us this morning in Romans chapter, chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says this in verse 11. So he's writing to these Christians in Rome, and he says, I long to visit you. That's a very powerful word that he's using there, this idea of, of longing, desperately desiring. Paul wants to see these people. And then he tells them in verse 13, and I, and I think he's actually using this as a bit of... Um, justification. So he's trying to, to probably speak to their frustration that he hasn't been there to see them. And he says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I tried many times to get there, and it hasn't worked out. I desperately want to be with you guys, and yet it's not working. And, and if I could give you the story of Paul, and, and one of the things I would recommend is if you want to learn about Paul, read through the book of Acts. And as you read through the book of Acts, you will, um, from about chapter 11 on, you will get introduced to Paul and his life of ministry. Paul wanted to go to Rome. Paul had never been to Rome. And yet Paul saw Rome as a strategic place to launch his mission into telling people about Jesus all through Western Europe. If you're familiar with Paul's story, Paul um, went to Antioch, which is in modern-day Syria, from, from Jerusalem up north to, to Antioch, and from that community, that kind of region, he branched out and he covered all of Eastern Europe with, uh, with his preaching and started churches all through Eastern Europe. The guy was a machine, but he desperately wanted to get to Western Europe. He wanted to get to Spain. And for him, Rome was going to be the next Antioch. Antioch was his support base and his prayer base and his financial support base. And they sent him into all these other places in Eastern Europe. And now Paul wants Rome to be the same thing. And what he's writing here is that he tried again and again and again to get to Rome and it wasn't working out. And that can be frustrating when we have an ambition or we've got a, a goal or desire of something that we want to achieve, something we want to see happen, and it doesn't work out. When you want something so bad and it's not happening, what do you do? And in Paul's case, Paul had to shift. Paul had to change his thinking about Rome. 
and continue to think through, how do I do what God has asked me to do even though I can't go to where I want to go? And in his personal example of his own life, he had to say, how do I keep doing what I want to do when I've got this this thorn in my flesh? We don't know if it was a physical problem. We don't know if it was a psychological problem or a relational problem. All we know is that Paul was tormented by it. And, and he had to figure out, how do I keep doing what, what I'm called to do? How do I be who I am, even though I've got this? And God was saying, Paul, you've got to trust me in this. In that weakness, I will work through that. But it required a shifting in Paul's thinking. And it required a shifting in his thinking for getting to Rome. Sometimes it helps to hear... Uh, somebody's story. And what we will learn about Paul in a moment is that in Paul's shifting his thinking, Paul didn't give up. He didn't stop trying. He didn't stop trying to figure things out. And that takes actually a lot of courage, and it takes a lot of perseverance, and it takes the power of a community to keep us going and to not give up. And so uh, week on week, we've been uh, giving some different perspectives from people in our New Life family. And today I want to introduce you to a man named Terry Dunseith. He and his wife Marcia have been a part of New Life uh, for quite some time. And Terry has uh, quite a wonderful story of how God has uh, brought him through a lifetime of, of trying to bring about change in his life. So I'm going to let you, to hear, let you hear Terry's story now. Hi, my name is Terry Dunseith. I think as it progressed, it got harder to do because I had something inside of me that never would let me enjoy it. I always felt that I was being watched, being, you know, something that was inside of me saying, this is wrong, this is wrong. It, it was always like that. So every time I would try quitting, I would feel really good, and then the pain would come back because I had a void. Desperation, like overdosing and, and being in the hospital and being told that by professionals that there wasn't you know, you don't have another kick. You don't have another go. You are a miracle. When a class comes in, you're in the hospital and you wake up and you have, you're on life support. And you wake up and the nurse is like, can't even believe it. Call the doctors, the doctor comes in, tells you what happened. And they forget that there's a field trip planned for the College of Surgeons and Physicians. You're the field trip. The, the class is coming to see what it looks like to see a guy who's overdosed in a coma and, and basically dead on life support. And they forgot to cancel the class. And when they came walking in, they said, oh, there's a change of plans today. You're going to see a miracle. He actually woke up. Something that last time made me realize, okay, you don't, you, you don't get to do this again. So Jim Burrs was a very good friend of mine who had a huge impact on my journey in my path to faith. Now, when, I, when I was in my deepest, deepest, um, darkest spots uh, with addiction, he would come over and just make a silly excuse because he knew I was a car guy. And he liked cars, but he didn't have one. 
and he really didn't have a reason to come over, but he would come over just to say, hey, I'd like to talk about, you know, the car and how's it going, and I'd like to maybe come out to the races and stuff. And he would sit there and he wouldn't leave. And by now I had not only fallen deep into my addiction, I was, I was also selling to support my addiction. And he wouldn't leave. He would sit there and just talk about, you know, positive things. And, and slowly, somehow, it would always turn to the Lord. I don't know how we got there, but I was comfortable talking to him and listening to him. And he would do things like saying, leave a, a folder of his. And when he'd leave, finally, four or five hours later, um, he'd call and say, oh, did I leave the pamphlet? And they're, what pamphlet? My folder. I, I, I've got a people coming over and I need that folder. And I'd say, well, there's a folder here. And he'd say, well, just make sure it's the right one because I, you know, I, I want to make sure. And I'd read it and it'd be scripture. And I'd say, yeah, well, what's it say? And I would tell him, I'd read some of it. And he'd say, okay, that's the one. I'll come by tomorrow and get it. I'm actually not going to have time today. Instead of just leaving a book for me to read or saying, read this, he had a, a way of doing it. And this went on for like months. Right back and then was also talking about the music I, I listened to. He would bring some Christian music over. I'd say, why don't you just start listening to this? And it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. And he just wouldn't stop and never asked me for anything other than my, to listen to him, sit and talk and be a friend. That there is a life that everybody that is struggling deserves to have, and it is better. My worst day now is better by far than my best day back then. Um, I don't fear. I don't have fear. There's no longer fear. I, I just know. I, I just know that everything's going to be all right. I I don't have to fight f to prove who I am or what I am. Um, when people talk about my past, they say, well, I lived it. I lived it. You don't have to tell me about it. I was the one there. Um, but, the, but the people now are saying, it just takes time. All it takes time. People are, saw me live a certain way for, you know, 55, 57 years. So of that, you know, 15, 16 years old when I went off the rails, that's a, you know, 40 years of people learning a certain way about myself. Um, there now people are starting to say, hey, you know what? He is different and he's not just different for a year or something. So there's a life for those who are struggling. There, there is a Lord above. And if you just give him a chance because he chose me, right? He chose me. My story was laid out and now I get why I went through what I went through things that have happened to me I have no bitterness no longer do I have guilt shame and I owe it all uh, to the Lord I you say you can't you can't tell somebody look trust this because they can't see it but by seeing examples of someone who has been through what I've been through and the people that know me they they get it they say wow like something changed you know it wasn't something i did it was just finally surrendering and saying okay it's time you know like you've been saved enough now life is good yeah yeah life is good
So Terry has a great story of a lifetime of addiction and then constantly trying to overcome it. And he's in a place now where he's doing really well. And he just refuses to give up. And we are going to try to make uh, the full version of that video. We'll have that available for you later this week. And um, you can hear more of his story. But it's a great story. But it's also a story of, of someone who had to shift their thinking. And, you know, he was, he was struggling with addiction and then had to make a shift in his thinking. And, and God helped him do that. And God used the community uh, to help him do that as well. But he didn't give up. And Terry would be the first one to say, this is still something that's a part of my reality. It's not like it's now in the past. And he recognizes that and wants to keep, to keep living what he has now and trusting in God for that. But I think it's a great encouragement for us that whatever it is that you might be striving towards that isn't happening or whatever it is that is a part of your life that you wish wasn't there anymore, uh, to not give up and to know that you don't have to do that by yourself. In Terry's case, it was some very key people that had a big influence on him. And it might be that part of the shift in your thinking is actually to allow other people into that journey with you. And that might be the hardest thing that, that you actually can do is to open yourself up enough to let other people be a part of that, that journey. And that might be a really big shift in your thinking. If we come back to Paul, the thorn in his flesh never left him as far as we know. And whatever that was, the problem that he was dealing with was just something that he lived. But when it comes to his ambition, in chapter 15, Paul says this, uh, beginning at verse 33 in Romans 15. But now I've finished my work in these regions, and after all these long years of waiting, he waited for years and years to see his uh, goal or ambition become reality. He says, I'm planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome. And after I have enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for my journey. So here's Paul, and you can read all about this from Acts 26 through to Acts 28. Paul finally gets to go to Rome, and then his plan is to launch from Rome into Spain and into other regions of Western Europe. And even the journey of getting from Jerusalem to Rome, which is what you'll read about in Acts, is, is crazy. It is, it's stuff we read and we think, I don't know if I could do that. The things that he went through just to get to Rome. And it was this this kind of a, a, a story of encouragement of someone who refused to give up. But I don't think Paul did that because, just because he was strong in his character. I think Paul did that because he had a community of people working with him. And he was a strong personality, but there were people who were a part of Paul's life. And as you read about Paul's life, you never read about just Paul. You read about Paul and somebody else, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas, Paul and Timothy. Uh, and different people like that, that were a part of his story. So I want to ask this question, what about you? What about you? What is it that you are striving towards and it's just not happening? Or what is it that's a part of your life that you wish would just go away, but it's not happening? I want to encourage you today, don't give up. Don't let go. And it might require a shift in your thinking. I was thinking about um, 
John the Baptist, when Jesus came along, and this is part of the shift in thinking might just be a willingness to actually trust that what God is doing is, is, is what's needed. John the Baptist sent some of his friends to Jesus, and he said, listen, we've been waiting for a Messiah for a long time, and I kind of thought that you were going to be the Messiah that we were looking for, the one who's going to free us from Roman tyranny. Are you the Messiah, or should we just keep waiting for somebody else? And John had this moment of like, I'm not sure what to do here because it's not working out the way I thought it should. And if you're having challenges with, you know, just what's going on in your life right now or, or what's happening or what's not happening in your life, you are not alone. You know, we've got um, people like the Apostle Paul or John the Baptist who wrestled with these things in real life, real time, and they wrote about it so that it could be an encouragement for us. I mean, one of the things that we value here at New Life is um, what we call being hot, right? So I like to joke about that, like you've got a hot pastor, and uh, I know my friend Mark Stadig thinks that, that I'm very hot. And, um, and we talk about being honest, open, and transparent. And I think it's a great opportunity today just to, to be honest and open and transparent with you. When I walked in this morning, uh, it was difficult to walk in here and to see the way that things have changed so that we can offer a safe environment for people. And, uh, and there's a little bit of me that's just still grieving uh, what was. And, and some days I'm having a, a hard time letting go and, uh, and trusting God for what's down the road. And, and what I find is um, some of our, our um, tech people that you can't see, you guys can't even see them, they're all back there, but I was sharing that with them, and just their graciousness uh, was a big help for me. And, uh, and it's okay to have those times of just not being sure. But I gotta tell you something, I'm not gonna give up. There's, there's too much to enjoy, and there's so much that we can still do even though we live in a different world now. And I want to encourage you, don't give up. Stick at it. When it comes to new life, we are making all kinds of adjustments. We are charting new territory here. Not only are we doing this online stuff, but now we are branching out into some new areas where we can serve our community in new ways. And we're not sure how all that's going to work out, but there's a commitment to each other and a commitment to the Lord that as we retool, we're going to shift together. And we're going to make this commitment to each other and to the Lord, and we are going to continue being the church. We're going to continue being who it is that God has called us to be. And so my encouragement for all of us, whether you're joining us online, for you individually, but for us as a community, as a family of faith, we will journey this road together. And like the Apostle Paul in the early church with him, we will not give up. It might require a shift in our thinking. And there's going to be many more times where we have to shift again and shift again and shift again. And you're going to get tired of the adjustments and the changes. And that's where we are there for each other. Don't give up. Trust God. Galatians 6, 9, the Apostle Paul says this, writing to another group of Christians, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. And what Paul's talking about there, he's, he's using, he's talking about the context of justice. And he's saying, listen, sometimes we go after things because of our own selfish desires. 
And part of your shift might be the very thing that you're going after isn't actually something that's going to allow you to love other people better and to love the Lord more. It's actually going to take you away from that. And part of your shift will be letting, letting that ambition go because it's not what God desires for you. Paul is saying, let's make sure that we do good. Let's make sure that we seek justice for people. Let's make sure that the things that we're pursuing are things that will draw us closer to God as, and give us an opportunity to love other people more. And he's saying in that context, do not give up. And I think that's a good word for us. We are not going to give up being the church, being uh, a body, uh, being Jesus for the world and living out what that looks like and telling people how that's happening and what God is up to. So personally, for yourself, don't give up. For our family, our New Life family, don't give up. The Apostle Paul stuck at it, and we're here today because of people like him. John the Baptist didn't give up. Let's be an encouragement for each other and trust the Lord. I'm going to invite you to pray with me, and I want to pray this prayer for us. And I think it's a, it's a great prayer um, that was written quite some time ago. So I invite you to pray with me as we wrap up our time together. Good God, thank you that this life is not a random roll of the dice, but it's watched over by your favor and fatherly care. That's easy to confess when the wind is at my back and the sun is on my face. But give me the same trust in your will when the circumstances of life turn tragic and are tear-stained. Let me understand that even then I am kept by you. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for joining with us this morning online. Friends, thank you for coming in person so that we could experiment a little bit and try some of this out. Again, we invite your feedback, paul at newlifecollingwood.com or connect at newlifecollingwood.com. Give us your feedback, particularly the even better if. It would be even better if you did this or you didn't do that. And we'd appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for being here today. We will see you uh, next week.